Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica, and I will be your host today as we talk about season eight of Game of Thrones and specifically the very last few episodes of this series. Listeners, beware, this podcast is dark and full of spoilers. We want to welcome back all of our returning listeners. Thank you for being here. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you very much. The Temple of Geek podcast is where we cover everything from movies, comics, TV shows, and more. We've been around since 2012 and have been enthusiastically covering the world of geek ever since. With me today is my co-host, Aaron Powell, and we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm so happy you're here. You and I have discussed at length Game of Thrones. Yes, yes, we have. Yes. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have you here for like the big season finale. So I'm glad to be here for like the last episode because it's like I, I have a lot to say. And especially about the last couple of like the last half of the season, you know, the last three episodes kind of it was kind of like two mini seasons put together, you know. You had all the Night King stuff, and then now with the uh, War for the Throne, with the last episode, it's called the Iron Throne. So we find out who gets to sit on it. Spoiler, spoilers coming quick. So you turn got, it off if you haven't yeah, seen it. Turn you it off. Seen it, turn it off, and then come back. <laughs> um, and so I'm really glad that you're here to talk about that because, like, like I like how you said that it's like two little mini seasons. Yeah. Um, I still am not completely sure how I feel about the the second half, you know, of um, of season eight. Uh-huh. And I'm still processing and I'm hoping that as you and I talk about it today, I'll kind of like flesh out my feelings a little bit more because okay. like I'm like right in between like indifference to like excited and then not like I really don't know how I feel about like anything yet. So um, let's get right into it. The, First thing that I want to talk about is like a little fun thing, which is the product placing. Yes, the product placement. So like, especially in like the second half of the season, like the product placement has been crazy. Like, uh, and, and just just mostly production mistakes at all. Like you hear they they talk about how much the budget was for each episode for like feature films and stuff, but I guess they didn't get a continuity person at all because like there's like. There's a fun- uh, apparently there's a fully functional Starbucks at Winterfell. Uh, they got Arrowhead water in King's Landing. Uh, Jamie's Jamie's hand grew back at some point. You know, yeah, those little mistakes they- they're very noticeable. And like for someone like me who's like into like old black exploitation movies and stuff, where those kinds of mistakes are rampant. It was entertaining, but at the same time, if you're going to talk about this million, multi-million dollar budget you have for each episode, you know, fine to proofread these things before you put them out, you know? And not only that, but like, so when the Starbucks thing happened, people were running to their TVs to find the timestamp. Yeah. You know, so it was there. Everybody saw it. But HBO was really good about fixing it right away right so they have like the technology they fix it right away yeah so at that point why wouldn't you be like hey you know what let me just watch the next couple episodes and make sure those are okay right but you know what i mean because like yeah because it's 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 you don't want to it's it's distracting one 
you know, you'll get sucked right out of the moment and stuff because it's like, yeah, it's a it's a fantasy show. You know, there's dragons going around. There's like dead zombies and stuff going around and stuff. But you know, once a Starbucks cup seems really out of place <laughs> when stuff like that's going on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Arrowhead water, like I get it. King's Landing is kind of hot, I guess, but like. You got water hidden behind your chairs and stuff. Move that out of the way when someone says before someone says action. Yeah, it, it takes a absolutely, second. Absolutely, know? absolutely. And then just thinking the idea that they would fix it in post seems like a lazy thing. So, um, right. I, you know, obviously this was like shot during some weird times, or somebody just really missed the boat on that. Exactly. All right, well, then let's get into the more serious part. And, like, the big thing about, you know, this season is Danny. Let's talk about Daenerys Tiger. Now, I'm a part of a very small minority of people who, uh, and, and I hate to kind of say this to a lot of people, I saw this coming a mile away. Like, I want to say seasons ago, I saw this happening. Like with Daenerys' character, everybody's like, "Oh, this was just a sudden change," and she was never like that. She never killed innocents. Wasn't that subtle of a change? It was something that was foreshadowed for years. That's completely on brand with her because she's a big fan of the old good old fashioned yell and burn. And like, once everybody who could talk sense into this person were pretty much gone, and she was just like desperate to sit on this uncomfortable chair she was gonna do literally anything to get it and if that meant burning down a city which she's countlessly which a bunch of times it said she would burn cities to the ground to sit on sit on to take back what's hers you know it wasn't surprising you know what was surprising was how much time they took spent on it in the episode like to me right I absolutely agree with that. And they, they do a really good point of like when Tyrion explains to John, like, you know, she was killing evil right. men and we cheered her on. She was, you know, liberating people. And we cheered her on. And, you know, he even says, I was vain to think that I could guide her. I was vain to think that, that I could like, you know, control her. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, he saw it too. He saw it too. And it was like, you know, maybe we shouldn't, encourage her like like i get it you know what if i could watch a tv show where someone who owns slaves can could die a violent death i'd watch it all the time however when you give somebody just that much power to like do stuff and stuff and no one's like checking them on that then you know what everybody who doesn't agree with what they say is gonna be evil to that person so you know that justifies me yelling and burning stuff you know and um, it was really interesting when um, at some point Tyrion, when he's talking to John, is like, does she sound like somebody who's down, who's done fighting? Exactly. And, she you know, was not finished. Right. And then she starts saying, like, you know, from Winterfell to Dorne to, to this, Dorne, you know, to, um, to the Summer Islands, to the Jade Sea. And like for those people who know the world of Game of Thrones, it's an expansive world. It's not just Westeros and Essos. There are several other continents. There's just more lands and stuff. She was basically talking about take, she went into an evil villain monologue talking about taking over the world. Yeah. And um. So it's so you bring up the fact that like you know she had already 
kind of had this history, you know, we saw it coming. But I think that the writers and obviously the original writer, George R. R. Martin, you know, when he was writing the books, he did a very beautiful job of manipulating us into liking her, right? Because they wanted us to like her. They wanted us to, to, you know, like for me, the redeeming thing about Danny was that she was like, okay, we're going to take down these bastards, but leave the women and children for whatever reason. Like when you say we're going to spare women and children, it seems merciful, but in comparison, it's really, it's only merciful in comparison. Right. It's still shitty to kill all these men. You know what I mean? So like, um, so like we kind of like justify it in our heads or whatever. And after this last episode, I went back and I started watching, like, on YouTube, just the Daenerys clips. Right. right? And you watched earlier episodes, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, like, she's been crazy forever. Yeah. Like, she's always been crazy. and But they do such a good job of, like, playing with our emotions and trying to get us to like her. And I think that we were supposed to like her, and we were supposed to be shocked by what happened. And now, that, like, like you said, I totally agree with you that this was something coming it was fine, but I don't like it that they made her basically flip to this huge, um, like this evil Danny, like so yeah, well, quickly. It could have been played out could, over more. Now, episodes. yeah, now if they would have spread it out, absolutely, I would have loved that. Now, uh, I want to go back to something that you had just said that, like, they've kind of made us like her. Abs- absolutely, there were scenes that they juxtaposed making people like her because she had redeeming qualities, she had good intentions. Yes where you put her next to Cersei, who has absolutely no redeeming qualities, except she's a good mother, which, could you really give her credit for that? You're supposed to love your children. so She's not really yeah, a you su- good you mother. Supposed, though, you're supposed you to love your it. children, so, you know, if that's her redeeming quality, well, okay, that's just a gimme. The thing is, it's like, let's go back to season one, where uh, the Dothraki take over, and they they start, like, basically, like, taking over a village or whatever and she like makes she stops them from raping somebody that witch said she'd already been raped like six times already and she didn't do anything before that you know she's grandstanding that she made him stop but you know what happened what were you before when all this other stuff would happen you didn't stop anybody from getting raped at your wedding you didn't stop anybody from getting raped at all the other villages that y'all went to before that and in the books it's rough you know, the show tones it down from the books a lot, but like she stops stuff when she wants to or when it's convenient to her. She doesn't stop stuff all the time. Like when she freed the Unsullied and stuff, she didn't really free them from being slaves because they're doing exactly what they would have been doing for anybody else. You know, they didn't really, she just redefined what this, what this, the, the terms of their slavery was for the most part. She bought Masanda. She okay, bought Masanda. Really she was like, "I'll, I'll take she you too." Her, yeah. You know, that's literally what she said. So, what's interesting about that? At some point, somebody asked Masanda, "Like, you know, um, what if you didn't want to work for her?" And she says, "Well, my queen would let me go." Would she? You know would what I mean? Know? But that's what I'm thinking too. I'm like, would she? I don't know. Like now that I think back, I'm like, I don't know that she would just let you go so easily. But I do want to talk about the Unsullied for a second and Grey Worm specifically, right? So um, at the end of the episode, well, at the end of the episode, at the beginning of the last episode, Uh um, John takes out Danny pretty early on, 
right? Yes. He about, kills her. About halfway in the episode, actually. The time step yeah. was like 45 minutes. Was it? Wow. It yeah. felt really early to me. It, okay, it did so, for me, too. I had to check, and I was like, wow, that was like 15 minutes in. I was like, oh, this has been 45? Shit. Yeah. So, um, you know, we don't get to see, like, okay, so Drogon doesn't kill, you know, um, doesn't kill John, but he no. does have this very, like, kind of, like, you know, symbolic moment where he melts the Iron Throne right. and he takes her body. But we never see John coming into contact with people and saying, you know what, I did it. Yeah. I stabbed her. Because he, there's a lot of ways he could have gone away with it. He could have just been like, oh, she, she ran flew away. away. She flew, like, I don't know yeah. where she went. Drogon took her, whatever, right? Yeah, she flew um, away and I'm king now. That's, that's, that's it. I, exactly. But obviously Jon Snow's not going to do that. And I'm kind of sad that we didn't see that interaction because I want to see how Grey Worm re- would have reacted to his queen. Yeah. And somebody mentioned to me, um, I think it was my friend Amy, she said that, um, you know, wouldn't like the armies have like forfeited to Jon because he killed the queen? And I was thinking, no, because they're kind of like a... They're really loyal to um, Danny. They're, they're not. So they, a, they're not a Westerosi army. So that yeah. if it, if they were Westerosi, absolutely, John would have John would have been king at that point. Yeah, like, and I was oh, well, you know. So I so I I I was thinking that there's this interesting thing where like okay, Grey Worm obviously couldn't have killed John because he is in a foreign land where they have no homes, no kind of right. like safety. And he depends on these people for food and his armies and everything, right? Exactly. He can basically start just attacking everybody and taking it for himself, but he's right. just going to war everywhere for like, you know, in a place where he doesn't have like the advantage, you know? Exactly. And so I can understand why Grey Worm didn't immediately kill John, but I can understand why he wants him dead because technically he killed the queen, right? Right. Um, and so I get all that. I just wish I would have seen all that. that it's a lo- it was a lot of scenes in this season that like I wish I would have seen like reactions to, like when John told his his family who he really was. I would love right. to have seen the That's reaction to that. You know that that was that was a main gripe of mine. Like it was some. I get it. You gotta get you guys gotta move fast. You know the season's shorter and stuff, but. You know, if you got 40 minutes to show a dragon burn down a city, you can give me two minutes on, like, somebody's reactions to something, you know? that w- That's definitely um, one of the things that I've had, like, a hard time processing was, like, am I upset about that? I don't think that I'm upset about anything, but would I have liked to see something else? Um, and like you said, like that Daenerys burning down King's Landing lasted so long and like, so long. and even the scene where Tyrion is sitting there arranging chairs and I'm like, yeah. really? like we could have used that for something else. Or like the whole, the whole, um, uh, double dragon, double date. What the hell? Like, give me, I can <laughs> cut some of that off. Like I get it. This is something I want to see. This is world building and stuff. But like, let's let's bring it down a little bit and give me some, give me some more like reaction time. I, I want to see people reacting to this news. You know, uh, I would have loved to have seen how many people actually got Varys's ravens because you know he sent more than one. I thought that was so interesting because you know I, there was a couple things like that. Varys's ravens like they don't go any further to who got them or anything like that yeah right? there was a couple things like that throughout like the series that i was like oh so what happens like the 
the theory that like Cersei was going to die because of one of her brothers. The thing with that, that's a book thing. Like I went and watched the episode with the um the prof the, the Maggie the Frog prophecy and stuff. She never brings <laughs> that last part up. Oh, like, okay. At all. She doesn't bring that up. That's a book thing. That's you know? so weird and, because I am aware of it, but I haven't read the books. Yeah, that's 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 a book thing, and it's like, and, and the books way different from the show. Like there, there's people still alive in the books that are dead in the show, and and vice versa. And the books stop around where season five left off. I want to say, and okay, and like the thing is, it's like with like comic, same thing with comic book movies. You can't expect just a page by page representation on screen. It's too much going on. There's like 30 more characters to deal with. Like as to who's fighting for the iron throne in the book. And I mean, literally like 30 other people, there's like two more Aegon Targaryens and stuff. There's the golden company who didn't do anything on the show. They didn't do any, the golden company was so wasted. I was just like, wow, that was just, that was it, huh? They died literally standing up. But you can't you can't expect like because people were going around with like oh that's not how Cersei was supposed to die how was how was she gonna die you know how and I have no problem with the way she, I I see like I said I, I I don't think I'm done processing how I feel yeah I don't think I have a problem it feels realistic right yeah that you know that she would have died under all the rubble. From like these fires that Daenerys is right. throwing out, that feels realistic, and I can totally wrap my head around it, and I can wrap my head around Jamie and her dying together, but like I don't find it satisfying. Like I wanted her to have a little finger death, where I was just like, "Yes, yeah. finally, there you go." I hated you for seven seasons, and now you're dead. You know? Right now, and and the thing is with that, it's like the the show is really good at not pulling the same stunt twice, you know. And also, it's also been extremely good at not giving people what they think that that they deserve, you know, because at first, at first, we all thought that, you know, Ned Stark was going to rise up and become king. You know, that this is he was the star of the show. Exactly. You thought he was the star of the show. And then eight episodes, nine episodes in, he gets his head cut off. You know, I, I tell I tell my friends who haven't watched this show, who want to get to watch it, or anybody who's like got in late, they say, "What do I need to do to get prepared for Game of Thrones?" I, one thing I tell them: one thing and one thing only. Don't get attached to anybody. <laughs> you know, don't oh, get absolutely. attached. Don't make don't make any expectations because you won't enjoy the show because you're you're not gonna get what you want. Like this is a show that is that is really good at not giving people what they want. And they've made no bones about that. And me not being attached to so many people, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. And <laughs> especially how it ended, you know? Well, um, speaking of, like, being attached to people. So, for example, Tyrion was obviously very attached to his brother and sister. And yes. Despite the fact that all the things that happened, he still loved his family. And you see that scene where he's, like, you know, looking for their bodies in the rubble. Yeah. And I really feel like they didn't give that moment enough time. Like Tyrion is such an amazing, uh, Tyrion, Peter Dinklage is such an amazing actor and he's so talented and he has so many range of emotions 
And I felt like they could have given that scene a little bit longer. They could have given that. They could have given that a little bit longer. And at the same time, it was perfect the way it was because it's like it, it just showed like no matter what, he still loved his family. And you could say the same for Cersei as well because she had opportunities to kill Tyrion as well. And she didn't. She passed up on several opportunities to kill him because she hated him. But because they're still family, she couldn't do it. That's a really good point. The Lannister family, like, they all took care of each other without even knowing that they're taking care of each other and still hating each other. It goes all the way back to Tywin. He would not, ki- he was probably not going to kill uh, Tyrion uh, for. Uh, being framed for killing Joffrey. He was just going to send him to the wall so he can get his heir back and be fine. You know? Like, he was... Because if he was going to kill him, he would have a long time ago. But he never did. Well, they did sentence him to die, though. Yeah, absolutely. But he was supposed to go... He was supposed to confess and then go to the wall. Then he did the trial by combat. Now, that, that could have went a different way. Like, it could have went a couple of different ways if Oberyn wasn't so, you know, in, in his hubris and wanted him, wanted the mountain to say what he did. You know, he could have just won and Tyrion could have walked. But, or, you know, they was, they still would have gotten him to the wall at some That's point. That's true. That's a fair point. Okay. I, I can believe that. So now that we're on the topic of the Lannisters, um, what did you think about Cersei this season? And, overall hurt the way she went Cersei this season like the the little time that we got with her um and and I and I love Cersei like the action Lena Headey is is amazing she she can act her she can act her ass off like like no other um especially she she acts a lot with her teeth like if you watch Cersei's (laughs) things uh scenes she's very toothy if you get if, if that's a way to to that describe is a it, she's great way to describe it. Like she's very, very toothy and stuff, and she just makes you feel like she's just talking crap about you by being nice as ever in your face, you know. And this season, like, I, I got some really good laughs out of her this season, especially with the first episode with uh, how she didn't get her elephants. Oh that, my god, was, I really wanted those elephants. <laughs> I, she's like, man, I really wanted those elephants, like. And she would not let it go. Like, two scenes later, I really wanted those elephants. Like, I was like, oh, man. But, yeah, she she did she did great this season with the limited time that we got. She spent a lot of her scenes look out of windows, drinking wine. I you heard, know, I don't know if this is true or not, but it was like a meme that I saw. And it was like, shout out to, you know, Cersei Lannister, who got a million dollars an episode just to look out the window and drink wine. <laughs> Hey, look, that's that uh, in the entertainment biz. That's a dream come true right there. Like, right. I just need you to just, we're going to pay you this much an episode. And all you need to do is just stare menacingly out of a window while <laughs> drinking this grape juice. Okay. okay. Yeah. Fine. How about it? And I get to go to exotic locations across the world. Yes. Okay. Let's do this. I'm on board. Right. But like she was, she was great, and like the way that she finally just because she she was so used to for like the last eight seasons, we've seen her put up just a strong face and just like hold it together. Like out of her siblings, she was the strongest and most determined 
out of all of them to like prove herself to to her father and just show that you know she was competent right which at, at a lot of times she was not as smart as she thought she was you know she made some horrific decisions tactfully and the thing is she's extremely intelligent but it doesn't matter how intelligent you are if you cannot control your emotions exactly and that's the thing with cersei like even though she looks stoic she and acts like, on emotion evil, like she didn't care but all her decisions were based on emotion. Based and on emotion impulse. and how she felt and like what her spot was going to be. Like she um, like jealousy was a huge theme for her for a while or just like being replaced and stuff. Like um I mean it's basically why she kills the king, you know. Yeah, it's why she killed yeah, it's why she killed Robert, it's why she blew up a, a gigantic church. Yeah, cuz I mean like, you know, Joffrey was going to be king anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? She didn't have to kill her husband. No. But, you know, he was hoeing around and he made her feel not special right. and not loved and she needed him out. And like you said, um, you know, she blew up the sept or whatever uh, because Marjorie was kind of like in control of Tommy. Yeah. And, you know, she and she was just losing control of things because she was just acting off of pure emotion instead of just like biding her time and stuff waiting like if Joffrey becomes king, she loses power anyway, because she she would no longer be the queen if he got married, you know, which the kings are expected right, to do. Right. So she was just, like, not really thinking in the long run. Like, she could have, like, Robert, she could have gotten, she could have gotten through that, honestly. Yeah, obviously. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't like he was hurting her. No, yeah. It, it, he was just... I mean, obviously, emotionally, he was hurting her. Yeah, but, he but. he hit her. He hit her a couple times too. Did he? I don't yes, he hit that. her. He hit her in the show. He hit her once in the show, and he he hit her a lot in the book. Oh well, maybe allude, he did deserve it. What they allude <laughs> to, but like Robert was a a bad king. He was he just didn't want to be king. You know, he just wanted he yeah. he just thought that he won the war. And now I'm king, and now I just want to just drink and you know get with women sure. for the rest of my the rest of my life you know but absolutely and then cersei was just like she just saw how that embarrassed her because he had so many different children right you know that she then i think she passed the order or joffrey passed the order to have all of his bastards killed right right and that's the whole you know gendry and what's the other one that uh maya stone is one of, like uh the um the one at the brothel as well. Yeah. But like he has like yeah. 20 something bastard children in the books. Yeah, yeah, cuz he's just a pig that way. Yeah. And it, it, it that's that's just how he was. But again, he wasn't per se a good king at all cuz he was pretty much absentee about it. Um Right. We haven't had too many good kings in the show from what we've seen cuz like this we've gone through uh and this I'm just saying just on the iron throne as kings like Robert Joffrey which we all know Joffrey was terrible Tommen who was like as useless as ever um he was just a child Yeah he's just a child who just everybody could control uh then we got Cersei that's it, as far as the Iron Throne. As far as the Iron Throne, yeah, that's about it. And then, you know, Daenerys came in and... She like, didn't even last. No, she didn't No, she didn't even sit on the Iron Throne. She, like, touched the arm 
of the chair and that was it she was the queen for like an hour yeah and and you know what's back to danny and and i don't mean to go back to no no no, it's fine um there's you know the whole thing about her her redeeming qualities and she really did love john i mean she went and risked a dragon to go save him from the white walkers you know she was like you know what? I'm going to help you defeat the dead. She could have just let them all die and then took them out later. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, but she didn't like, I can tell that she did really love John. And I really wanted to believe that like, and they make you want to believe that like they had something like so special and they were going to like rule together. And when she tries to beg John to do that with her, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, John, just do it. Like, you can control her, but there really was nobody to control no. her. And he knew that. And, yeah, so. And, like, John didn't want to John didn't want to rule in any capacity, you know? And it wasn't that she was saying, rule with me. She didn't say rule with her until, like, her final moments, you know? Before that, it was just, hey, you just still gotta be a bastard and let me do this because this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, everything else was just like that. Yeah. And and I knew, I kind of knew John was gonna be the one to kill her, but they really did kind of play up the thing where Arya, it looked like Arya might do it because you see how upset she is in King's Landing, right? And then they you see yeah. her ride off on this white horse, and it's like this and even at the beginning of the episode, or I don't know at what point, but at the point where she's kind of like, you know, running around by the armies and the Unsullied just kind of following yeah. Daenerys, I'm like, oh, man, it's like, is Arya going to do it? Is she going to be the one? You know, and I feel like that kind of is like one of those ends that just kind of like, it didn't go anywhere. They just made you feel that. Yeah, that would have, it didn't go, right, and like. And that's another thing, like, people got so attached to Arya and her being, like, a killing machine that they were like, well, Arya's just gonna take care of it. Well, you know, John hadn't had a good kill in a while, either. You know, he he really hadn't killed anybody this season, except for the one guy who was about to rape somebody in the previous episode. Which, awesome. If you can kill a rapist on TV, go for it. Um, But, Arya killing uh, Daenerys doesn't make doesn't make sense you know because john is john is her main threat john john was her main threat and Tyrion was right he's like look if she kills me you are next like and that's there's nothing stopping that because john is the only person who pretty much stands in the way of her legitimately claiming to be queen right and Arya kind of alludes to that as well yeah, and she's like, everybody's like, look, dude, you have to do this. Like, it doesn't matter, like, what you want, but you, we know you do what's right, so you gotta start doing what's right. You can't just pick and choose to do what's right because it's comfortable, you know, because sometimes the right thing to do is something that you really, really, really don't want to do. Most of the you time, the right really thing to do is what you don't want to do. Yeah, <laughs> if it, exactly. It's, if it's, it was easy, like, everybody would be good, right? <laughs> Right, exactly. So, like, doing the right thing is just, like, it's always like, man, this is just, like, I really don't want to do this, yeah. but I have to because cause if John didn't, then, you know, how, how many more cities can burn down, you exactly. know? Exactly. And so, um, 
and I'm sorry that I took us on that Danny uh, track, but back, no, no, no. back to did. our Cersei situation, I really want to talk about the fact that Jamie went back for Cersei. And also, you wrote a really great article on Temple of Geek about the relationship yes. or the love triangle between Jamie, Brienne, and Tormund. And if you could, I like want our listeners to just kind of get like a, a recap or a summary of what you wrote. And then, like, now that the season is over, do you still feel the same as, like, what you wrote? Or have your feelings changed a little bit about it? I, um, a couple things that I want to amend because I did make some kind of, I made some predictions in that about how Jamie would deal with Cersei. Uh, I was completely off the mark on that. Um, Just give us the recap and then you can make your amendments, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Now, basically, like, like, the article was just, like, a lot of people got angry that um, Brienne chose to be with Jamie over Tormund Giants Bane, which, you know, you can be angry at that. You know, you everybody gets into these, I'm going to put these two people in a relationship in the show because that's what I like and all that stuff. And people thought the that, shippers, right? Yeah, we yeah. Ship they, they people. Ship, yeah people, we ship people all the time. I do it sometimes as well. Uh, but the whole thing with Brienne and Tormund was it was all one sided. Like, there was no mutual interest. They never had a real conversation with each other or anything like that. Literally everything he said was basic sexual harassment. If you took what Tormund was saying to um, Brienne. Brienne. And, or about Brienne. And, or about her. Yeah, or about her. And you put that in your real life and someone was saying that about you, you wouldn't feel that comfortable about it. Which is exactly what Brienne was always uncomfortable around him you know me absolutely meanwhile she's having real conversations with jamie jamie opened up a very personal personal spot in his life like his defining moment he basically explained everything about that what happened the day that he killed the mad king you know they had that moment. They've survived things. Like he got his arm, he got his hand cut off in front of her. He saved her from being raped and all that stuff. And then they fought the dead. Now, if you had a bond with somebody like, like that, that, and mm-hmm. then there's like, and then there's some sort of attraction and stuff, you know, and you 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 bonded. You've been with that person. You've 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 seen this person at their most vulnerable and stuff, you know. You're probably going to go with the person that you have more of a, a connection with as opposed to the person who's just like, oh, is the big woman still here? That's literally what drunk dudes say at a bar <laughs> at the end of the night <laughs> when they haven't found anybody. And I love that in the article you bring up, you know, it being about consent because, like you said, it was one sided. Yeah. Yes, we like that somebody was attracted to Brienne. But like, yes, you know, like we like that. We want a woman like Brienne to be like attractive in the way that like people ship like an Arya or a Sansa or whatever, a Danny, right? Absolutely. And that's what we want. But like, like exactly like you said, it was very one-sided, but we also want that this character have like a, a relationship that's meaningful to her. And that's what she had with Jamie Lannister. It ended terribly for her, but that's. Yes, it ended him. it ended terribly because like when he when he left and this is where I'm going to start amending things. When he left, uh, he was just basically doing exactly what Arya did to her direwolf Nymeria back in season 1 where he was just basically 
saying all of this brutal stuff to her to get her to not follow him. Like, I still believe that he just wanted her to stay up north so she would be protected because he kind of knew what was going to go down. Um, And then he was going to go, I thought he was going to go down to King's Landing and take care of Cersei himself. However, uh, and this is but, a real and that's thing. That's a that, fair point because they kind of yeah. they call him the Kingslayer, Kingslayer. Why wouldn't he be a Kingslayer? right? I'm like, but I'm also like, he loves Cersei, so like, why wouldn't he like want her to go out? Like, if somebody's gonna do it, let it be me. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, I love her. I care about her. Exactly. And then it's like, but the thing is, Jamie was all on this self improvement, redeeming, redemption arc. But what people don't understand is like when you when you're improving yourself, when you're going through self-improvement processes, a lot of times it's not like oh, I'm just going to continuously get better and better and better. No, some of the times you're just going to backslide into who you were before. You know, it's a process. It's Absolutely. a process. Mental health. Yeah, <laughs> it's a process. Mental health is two steps forward, yeah. one step back. It's like, you know. It's never like a smooth uphill climb or like it's not like they kind of painted in pictures where you have this epiphany. You might know that like you have to be this better person, but following that path is extremely difficult and it's totally okay that people like fall back and forth. Right. You know it's what I mean? absolutely fine, but like you have to understand that, like people kinda he he's he is improving. He's a he's a he's a much different person than he was from season one. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? This is, and it's still his family, <laughs> too. You know, it's still his family. It's a weird, messed up family, but it's still his family. And he's he's going to protect them however way he feels. And he he failed. You know, he, he failed. But at the same time, the last thing he said to her, the woman that he loved, the mother of his children, he was like, nothing else matters right now. You know, and they died. And they died together. Yeah. You know, and you know, and we got that beautiful moment with the Lannister siblings. It, you know, in in the, in the finale. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. Um, Denise sort of in our last episode um, when we were talking about the episode "The Bells," she brought up the point that you know she has twin sons, and she was talking about how their bond is different than any other sibling bond. That it's right. like so much more intense and so much more connected. And, you know, I've seen the, the memes going around, like, you know, they were in the womb together. Now they're in the tomb together. And like that connection is something like that. Like when I think about it, it makes sense. Okay. You know, Jamie died with her. It's like Brianne wrote in the, in the book, yep. like he died protecting his queen. Like he died, you know, it like, I get it and I can wrap my head around it. But like, I think that what's kind of getting me with the season is that the storytelling was so real yeah. that it made me uncomfortable. I think that's what like a that lot of people sense. have problems with. It's like, it was so many real themes in this fantasy show, you know, which I, I kind of want to get into this when we, when we talk about John, but like, there's a lot of like real life themes and, and the rest of the Stark children actually, because they all shared a very, really good theme with each other. Uh, but it, it was, it's realistic with dragons in the background. You know? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> yes. 
And, you know, um, Stacy Bishop, who was on the podcast last episode as well, he brought up a really good point that the theme of this season felt a lot like family. Like, family was the oh, theme yeah. of this, like, this whole season. And families are rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> families are rough. It's like, you know, it's not one of those sitcoms where you see the family all gets along and then, like, 20 minutes later, they solve a problem and everything's all good. No, sometimes, you know... Like your family, you love them to death, but these are also the people who you hate the most in some cases. You know, these are people who you just you you see them around and you you just you want to strangle the hell out of them, but you can strangle the hell out of them, but nobody else can. Yeah, don't anybody else. My sister and I are a perfect example of this. We video chat on the phone every day. She lives in Las Vegas, and we video chat every day at least an hour. We talk every day, but when we're actually in front of each other, like physically near each other, we literally drive yeah. each other crazy. We have an hour's worth of conversation every day on the phone, but when I see her, I literally like we're just fighting. And people are like, Why are you guys always fighting? And I'm like, We're not fighting. Right. <laughs> so technically we are fighting. <laughs> That's just how we are. It's like I have I have two sisters and we get along sometimes. When we get along, it's great. When we don't, we just don't get along. You know, it's, it, but at the same time, that's my sister. So yeah, I will say whatever I want about it. Don't agree with me too hard, you know, because this yeah, isn't, exactly. This isn't your conversation, you know. <laughs> You're like, I'm just venting. I don't want you to agree with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, you. wait. Don't I'll agree do. with me. I'm just getting what I say out of my, my. I'm like, I'm still my system, whatever. Yeah, getting this out of my system. But you know, it's all good. Don't, don't, don't jump in too hard. You know. But that's that's and this this whole season was a lot like that. It was just like, all right, well, you know. And Arya said it. He's like, hey, you know, we're family. Don't forget that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then let's talk about the other family, the Starks, the surviving family. Yes. Um, so we have Bran, Arya, John, and Sansa, who all miraculously like made it, you know? Right. Uh, and that's a pretty... They're the only surviving they're the family, only, really, because... Well, not really. They lost. They had some losses, too, because there were five Stark children. Right, but there's no more Lannisters. There's no more Targaryen. Um, so... Like, the Starks are the only ones that, like, at least survived. Right. Well, technically, Tyrion can still have children. And. Oh, I forgot Tyrion about Tyrion. Tyrion can still have children. And John is just up north. He's still a Targaryen. In the true yeah, he's north. He's still a Targaryen, <laughs> but he's not coming back. Um, yeah, but the, the, the Starks, their overreaching story arc uh, through all eight seasons was who do I want to be? You know, I, 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 I placed them with uh, Thor from uh, Avengers um, Endgame, where when his mother tells him, like, stop being who you think everybody thinks you should be and just be who you are. And all of the Stark children, John included, all of them at the end of the show, they were who they wanted to be. Bran was still the, even though Bran is now the king of the Six Kingdoms, he's still the Three-Eyed Raven. And that's what he wants to be. Well, let's talk about Bran for a second, because um, this is so interesting. So at first, when Tyrion says, um, you know, um, we need somebody with a really good story who like, you know, who can claim the throne, mm -hmm. right? Like a story that people will stand behind and things like that. I was not expecting to hear Bran. 
I was expecting to hear Arya who killed the Night King or Sansa who had, you know, lived with her enemies her entire life, basically, because she went to King's Landing as a child, right? Right. Who had lived and survived all of her enemies and, you know, who, you know, brought all these armies to save Jon Snow in the Battle of the Bastards and who has, you know, always stayed up on top, right? right? I expected something like that or, you know, and so I didn't expect Bran. And all this time you hear Bran saying like, no, 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 I don't want this. I don't want this. And at the end, he says, yes, that's why I'm here. But he lets Tyrion handle everything. So technically, Tyrion's the one in charge and running everything. And he's king in everything well, but title. Because Bran's just like, I'm going to go find Drogon. Well, I mean, I don't think he like physically went to go find him because, you know, Bran is still the Three-Eyed Raven, so he can be anywhere. Well, no, I, I just, I just mean like... Like, he's just going to yeah. space out. You know what I mean? He's not doing True, but at the same time, Bran also, he's like a living record of stuff. He doesn't have to be anywhere. If he wants to know what you guys said yesterday, he can just go back to yesterday. Oh, fair point. But, like, the thing with Bran, the reason why him being selected as king works, even though he doesn't want it, uh, it's not that he doesn't want it because he's just, like, lazy or anything like that. It's just he's something more than, you know, just Bran Stark. He also doesn't have an agenda. Everybody else has, like, a clear-cut kind of, like, this is what we want for the king. This is what we want. Bran just wants, you know, to be the Three-Eyed Raven. And he can do that. He can actually dig back into history and see what kind of mistakes were made and what kind of decisions were made that led to something else like that. That's what makes him such a good choice. Also, it's like, you know, he's, he, he is the world's memory, you know, he, and, and also nobody can bullshit him either. Nobody can, he's a king, he's a king that you can't lie to. And I think he didn't give them the fine print because he didn't tell them that the Three-Eyed Raven, unless he's killed, cannot die. Oh, what? Yeah. Is that, in a, is that a thing? That's a thing. Like in, when the, the Is that a book thing or is that a, that's a, like a TV That's a thing? book and a show thing. They actually, they very clearly say that because uh, when he goes beyond the wall to the other Three-Eyed Raven, he's been in that tree for thousands of years. He said he'd been in that tree for at least a hundred and something years. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, he's he's here. <gasps> so Bran can rule pretty much indefinitely. What? Depending on depending on how long they they have their uh, Westerosi uh, council meetings to elect the new king. That is so interesting, and I didn't know that. So that makes uh, those are really good points. Um, and I do like the fact that you said that. You know, he doesn't, he can go off and beat the Three-Eyed Raven, but, like, he still knows what's going on. So that's a, that's yeah. a really good point, because that was really bothering me um, about that. So I feel a little bit better about that now. Um, what about um, Sansa declaring herself her own kingdom and Queen of the North? Well, San- San- Sansa is, she's lived in the capital for most of her life and then when she finally did make it back home it was not the same place that she had left at all so she right Ramsey much, was like skinning people in the courtyard 
Yeah. And then she learned how to play the game, like the actual like Game of Thrones. Uh, the Game of Thrones. She learned how to play in that. But her saying, "Hey, look, the North is just going to be its own kingdom." She was like, "Look, I played this game. I'm done, and I don't want any part of this anymore. I just want what's best for my people, and what's best for my people is to not be part of this anymore because right. it it just costs too much." I absolutely love the fact that Sansa said, you know what? I'm going to respect you. I'm not going to fight you, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to bend the knee or whatever. And the North has been through so much and she's right. Why, why would she want to be in King's Landing? Like as the queen of everything, right? Right. Why would she want to be in King's Landing where they chopped off her, you know, her dad's head where she'd been tortured and all these terrible things happened to her, you know? And why would she leave the North? She wouldn't like she is in the perfect place to take care of the people where she's at. And it makes perfect sense to have her in charge. She's shown a ridiculous amount of leadership. She absolutely should be queen of the North. And really she was taking care of the North this entire time. You know what I mean? So, uh, and if it wasn't for her, John would have never won the battle of the bastards. So exactly. uh, I, I, I was so excited that that Sansa did that and it was like really at that point when I like before I started to process everything it was the only satisfying part of the finale for me was that Sansa was queen in the north and she was like fine like I was like oh thank god you know and I really respected that and I loved that and I love the way they wrote Sansa completely like I freaking love her character so much um and one of the things like that I actually had a little bit of a problem with was John's character this season. But as you and I have been talking, it's kind of like my mind is kind of like starting to change about it. Uh, one of the things that bothered me was that John seemed like he was always doing the right thing in every season. He was always very confident about what the right thing was, even though he didn't want to do it, but he kind of always seemed to do the right thing. Right. And he was ve- he was very Ned Stark about it. You know what I mean? And in this season, he seemed to be like much more submissive, much more unsure, and much more scared than I'd ever seen John. Yeah. And it was bothering me the way he was being written. I I wasn't okay with it. Well, like John kind of got relegated to like an extra in most cases in this season too. Like he yeah. was like a lot in the background, not doing too much. Like I get it, he's he's a reluctant leader. Which is kind of the best kind of leader to have. One who doesn't really want to lead, you know? Because, like, he, he won't let that power... It's very George Washington. Yeah, he won't let that power corrupt him, you know? But he he went to a point where now he, he found another girlfriend, I guess. And he just got dumb, <laughs> you know? I was just like, yeah, I'm like, all right, well, you know, but at the same time, you know, he's, he's still the military man. He's still strategizing and stuff. He's still extremely honorable. And then he finds out who he is. And like, then that's when he falls apart. And see, this is where I feel like we would have benefited from a few more episodes because like, as you and I are talking, I start to see like why John started right. acting that way. Right. And I start to see where like he bent the knee to this. I understand like the adrenaline going through his head. Danny saves him. He almost died with the White Walkers. Here comes this right. like, 
woman who didn't have to go save them, right? But she comes to save them. And, and I can, I get why he fell in love with her. I get why he was like blown away by her and why everybody was like kind of blown away by her. I was too, you know what I mean? Um, and so I can wrap my head around that and for him to be like, you know what, like, I'm, I believe in you so much that I'm going to bend the knee and then to find out that you bent the knee and you gave away like the crown to this. It's like almost like you have to backpedal and be like, oh shit, oh shit. And you're just doing like, you're just put your blinders on and you're just trying to make it work, even though it shouldn't be working anymore. Like, and, and so in that sense, like, as we're talking about it, like I, I get it. Okay. John was going through so damn much. And on top of that, he found out who he really was, that he wasn't a bastard and that he has a claim to the iron throne, but look how complicated it is because it belongs to my girlfriend. Right. But like, and it's like, okay. So the whole hereditary thing, how powers pass and all that, like I'm still under the impression that, okay, Robert won the war. You know, and Robert declared himself king, and then he got legitimate. He he, they gave him legitimacy because his grandmother was a Targaryen. Okay, whatever. But okay, he's the king. So whoever gets it after that, they that just starts a new cycle. Why would it have to go to John, especially if he doesn't want it? You know, I don't. If he doesn't, if he doesn't want at it, at that point, it would go to like a Baratheon, right? Or what they could have done, what they could have done, and I and I don't, you know, advocate people saying, "Oh, rewrite the whole series." No, we don't need all that. But what John could have done, and this has just been good strategy. He could have talked to Daenerys over this. It's like two different ways. He could have, they could have crowned John, and he could have abdicated and gave it to Daenerys. Okay, that's one solution if she wanted it that bad. Oh. That's interesting. You know, you could just be like, okay, yeah, I'm king for now. You know what? I give it up. But I bend the right. fucking knee. <laughs> and, or they could have gotten married and let her rule. And he just, you know, bust out a Robert, you know? Right. Absolutely. I mean, he could still control. Exactly. I mean, he could still be doing a job for his country. There's so many ways that this could have played out differently. Um, in my happy fairy tale world, they would have been ruling together and everything would have been happy. I'm actually fine that it didn't go and, like you know, that because then it would have turned into this big love story and stuff. And I'm like, you know, that's not what I'm here for. That's true. That's very true. And you make a good point. I just still love lovey dovey stuff. <laughs> and, and honestly, I was rooting for Sansa and Tyrion so hard. Everybody really was wanting that, that to be a, be a thing, thing. And I'm like, you know, it didn't. It didn't really work the first time. We shouldn't really force it on it this time around because it's like all it does is just be like, oh, yay, this forced marriage really did work out. No, let's 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 not send that message. No, that and and see, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like what as I talk it through, obviously, it doesn't make any sense, right? But like, it didn't stop me from kind of like wishing it, you know, like when they're especially when they're in the crypt and they're holding hands, and I'm like, oh, what, you know, when they were being attacked by all yeah. the white walkers and everything. Oh, I just, but it is a very beautiful story between the two of them as far as like absolutely and love because I think Sansa very much cares about Tyrion. And um, and she believes in him, but it, but I think it's very like um, like a from a place of respect and not like romance, right? And also Tyrion's like forty, 
<laughs> like Arya's like twenty something. I know in LA that's not unheard of, but still. <laughs> and and the thing is with Sansa, I just want to say this about Sansa. I don't at this point with everything she's been through, I don't think giving her a, another husband is like the way to go. No, I think after everything Sansa has been through, let her choose. You know, yeah, like. I don't think she would choose anybody. I think at this point she might have like a companion or a friend, but yeah. I don't see Sansa like marrying or having children or anything. No. Like that. So, so yeah, I don't know. They always say that there should be a Stark in Winterfell, but you know, she might be the last Stark in Winterfell. I think she might be the last one. Unless uh, Arya they... comes back with a bunch of little Starks. but Right. Yeah. Um, so, and then speaking of Arya, um, well, actually, back to John really quick. Okay. What did you think about the way John's story ended? I liked it. I actually did because it's like John and I, I, I throughout the series, I, I was trying to struggle to see who I identified with. Uh, at some points it was Tyrion, some points it was, um, Tywin Lannister at some point because he was just Charles Dance is just another amazing actor and Tywin Lannister is just hilarious to me I, I, I'm probably one of the few people who can find complete humor in everything that he says but he was just fucking great but um, um John I identified with him a lot this season because it's like a lot of his arc especially in this last season was I just want to be exactly who I want to be and not what everybody else is telling me that I should be or where I should be or, or telling me what I should do. He just wants to be himself and free to, with the freedom to be himself. So him going north of the wall and like the north north with Tormund and the rest and the rest of the free folk was just perfect. I agree. You know? Yeah, I, I have to say I agree with that because he didn't want to be in command. And I thought it was weird that they sent him to the wall. When they said that, I was like, what is the wall defending? Like, what is, is it just a prison even now? He's, even he's, he said that in the show. He was like, there's still a Night's Watch? Really? Why? Yeah, and, and I kept thinking, like, maybe they're just saying that for Grey Worm so that Grey Worm will get out. Yeah. And, like, not kill because everybody. Because the wall is... <laughs> yeah, the wall is down the street from Winterfell, so it's like, you know, yeah, it's just right. Send me to the place up the street from my sister's house. Fine. Yeah, fine, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll and, go there. And not only that, but like, um, it's very poetic that he he leaves with the free folk, right? He doesn't stay at the wall, obviously. He leaves right. with the free folk. The people he died saving because they killed him for it, for letting all the wives yep. in. They killed him for that. So, like, what a beautiful send off to see him not only have ghosts with him, but like go off into the woods. And then you start seeing spring pop up because, like, the snow is starting to melt. And I don't know if you caught that last scene where there's like leaves I popping did. out of the grass. And so, like, here it is like, winter is like almost over, spring is coming. And he gets to go be free with the people he freed. And so I felt, I thought that was very poetic and it was fine. Like I would have been okay if Drogon killed him too. Like, I feel like I could have gone either way. I think John could have too. Cause he was ready. He was ready to die at that point. But, um, he, um, the thing is like George R. R. Martin, he took 
from a lot of different sources to create these characters and stuff. A lot of it had to do with the actual myth of Ragnarok, but Jon Snow's characters are actually drawn a lot from King Arthur, the once and future king. He basically brings together his he gets his enemies to become his friends and followers and stuff. He gets killed by <laughs> he gets killed and then comes back to life and then he goes off into another world only to come back much later. You know, and that was pretty much his King Arthur story, you know, which was oh, that's so interesting. It was it was a perfect end to like what he was what he was wanted to do. And so I, I could not be more happy for John because he finally seemed like he was happy to be where he was. And I'm um, happy about where they are. I think Arya was the one that seemed the most content as she's taking off, yeah. you know, in the sea and this Winterfell like boat that she had that looks amazing. Um, what did you think about her? Hers? Well, that was completely on brand for Arya because she, um, she didn't want to be, you know, a lady. She didn't want to be, like. Uh, in some castle or something, you know, husband's lord or whatever. She didn't want that. That's not the life that she wanted at all. She wanted to be everything. And she hasn't wanted that since a child. Right. Now, uh, here's another uh, deep dive into, like, Game of Thrones, like, mythology and the world that they built. Uh, She named her direwolf Nymeria. Nymeria was um, a female general from... um, she was. She led the Roinar people, and she sailed over, and they basically created Dorne. You know, she sailed over and took over Dorne, and Nymeria was just this warrior woman and stuff. She named her um, Direwolf after Nymeria, who basically sailed to see what was west of Westeros. She's basically doing what this person that she admired had always done, because nobody knows. Wow. Nobody knows what's west of Westeros. Nobody has ever mapped it or anything like that. So she's gonna go and hope that's oh. and that seems like such a spinoff series that they're about to do and i'm completely on board with it. it's kind of funny because um so Maisie williams has a character arc on doctor mm-hmm. who where that runs a, a whole season and um in doctor who um you know she the doctor accidentally gives her like immortality right and so she's at the end of the universe and, you know, she's, she's watched the whole universe die and, but she's still alive and she's alone. And she gets this opportunity to kind of like fly around kind of in her own TARDIS <laughs> with uh, one of the other characters on Doctor Who. And she goes off on these adventures. She gets to re because it's a time machine. So she gets to go back to the beginning nice. of time and redo time because she's immortal. And it was so funny because as I see her like float off into like, you know, going west, of whatever right. is west of Westeros, I kept thinking of that. I'm like, this girl just keeps going. Just go. Yeah, she she might just end up just keep going until she gets to like the other side of the world, or other side of Essos or whatever. But if there's something over there, she's gonna find it, and you know, hopefully she makes it back because you know you you never know with the unknown. You know. Yeah. So I'm, you know, not like I'm satisfied with how people got their ending. Yes. I feel like, um, you know, it, it, I'm okay with how everybody got their endings. I think the only issue I have about the entire series 
is that it could have gone on a little long. Yeah, I, and maybe I just didn't want my favorite show to like end kind of right. thing. But that's that's my only real gripe is that this could have played out for like another two seasons. Absolutely, they could have stretched this out a bit, and because there were a couple characters who completely got wasted. Like I said, the Golden Company got wasted this season. Uh, we got Braun in exactly three episodes this whole season. And each time he was basically in like a cameo. He finally did get his castle, which is great. You know, he, <laughs> which is great. He got his castle. I'm happy with that. But it was just like not enough Braun, you know? All right. Um, and then let's talk about that really quick. The small council meeting, right? Yes. At the very end where you see Braun is now he gets high garden, which is basically like this, this rich, beautiful castle. Um, and he's in charge of the money and all this kind of stuff. And it's so interesting to see that the people who end up running everything. So you have, um, you know, Sam and you have Brienne and uh, Sir Davos and Tyrion, obviously. Sam took those maester classes like online or something. He was just like, all right, I just got to get my chain on, which I want to, I kind of, I kind of want to explore like how Samwell Tarly is a maester because Samwell Tarly is basically married. He has a child and another on the way and maesters are not supposed to have children. Well, I think that when you've played such a vital role, in the series, they just kind of cut him some slack. They're like, you know what? Whatever. Yeah. Because House Tarly will go on because he has a son and he has another child on the way. So they'll rule over there. His mom and sister are still alive as well. But yeah. So at the table, there was Tyrion as the Hand of the King. Uh, Bronn, he's Master of Coin. Brienne of Tarth is a Lord Commander of the King's Guard. Yeah. Um, and uh, Samuel Tarley is the Grand Maester. Not only is he just the Maester, he is a Grand Maester because he is advising the king. So he got a serious right, promotion. but he has an in with, uh, with you know, with with uh, Bran anyway. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. He has it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he pulls some strings with that one. And um, Davos Seaworth is a uh, Master of Ships. So they're still looking for they they make a point to say that they're still looking for to fill up the rest of the um small council. And um Bran has a new coat of arms too. If you look really close, you can see Bran's coat of arms and it's a <gasps> three-eyed raven. So interesting. I didn't see that. Yep. I'm going to have to rewatch just for that. Actually, I wonder if we have those stills. Look at Bri- look at Brienne. Look at Brienne's armor. Okay, it's on Brienne's it on armor. There. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The King's Guard's King's Guard's armor is always has like the symbol of the king that they're serving on yeah, it. Yeah, and I, and it's so interesting. I didn't think about the fact that now she's serving Bran when she used to serve Sansa, and she had like swore to be at Sansa's right. side, but really Sansa doesn't need her anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. So, and um, um, Podrick Payne got promoted to being a knight as oh, well. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That's all. Awesome. And he's also in the King's Guard. I feel like that could be its own spinoff. Oh yeah, it's a, they 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 have a couple spinoffs that they could do. Yeah, I know that they're doing prequel stuff, which is what is like doing prequel in stuff. The works, yeah. But all right, so overall, and as we're finishing up, 
what did you think about Game of Thrones as a show overall and how it went? As a show, um, it was it was an amazing show. Uh, this is probably uh, one of the most beautifully filmed television shows that I've ever seen. Um, the themes in it were great. It's an extremely complex story. I've watched the series a, a couple times, like front to back. Um, I'm gonna start another rewatch soon since the season, since the series is done now. And every time I go back, I find something new. There's there's little nuances and little little bonus things in there. Uh, I highly recommend people watch it. Uh, it's just a study on storytelling. Um, again, do not get attached to anybody, you know, because once you do, they will be taken away from you, or you know something might happen that you just don't like them anymore you know don't name your children after these people until you've seen the entire series don't name your children after people until you've seen everything except for aria aria is fine i have a goddaughter named aria who is named after aria stark that's amazing um yeah so it's it's a great it's a great show uh not a perfect show not a perfect show at all um I give it an A minus, honestly. Excellent. Well, and I agree. Um, it's not a perfect show, but I don't think anything ever can be perfect. No, I think not at all. So subjective. Um, I don't think there'll ever be a perfect show. Nope. But I think that um, what you said about storytelling is very much how I feel about this show. I have never seen storytelling like this before. I have never seen such an array of complex characters before and also i've never seen um a show where women are are shown in this like strong light as both evil and good yes you know and and also not just evil and good even in between Mm -hmm. like they're so complex um and i really love the way that they like showcase you know not all women in this show because you know, they don't do everybody justice, but right. you know, you, you have some of the strongest female characters that I've ever seen on television. Arya Stark, Sansa Stark, Cersei Lannister, Daenerys Hygarian. I mean, those are amazing. Even what was her name? Lyanna Mormont yes. was amazing. Yes. And she was like 10. And she was only supposed to be on the show for one scene. And they loved her so much that they had to keep giving her things to do. They had to. She was amazing. Like her story arc alone was like amazing. So I, I'm very satisfied with the show. I enjoyed it very much. The last season, I felt like I was so stressed out in the first three episodes oh, yeah. that like the that the last three, I was like, I just want this to be over. Right? Because <laughs> like I just need some closure. Just I just need to see how all this ends and where does everybody fit in in the world and we got that. Now is a lot of people are not gonna like it. A lot of people are gonna love it, rightfully so. But you know it's it's not what you what you want. The show has already taught you that we're not gonna give you exactly what you want. What you want. I know they're so evil and, and we're such uh we're so naive about right. it. We're like, nah, this is what's going to happen. And we have our fan theories. Right. And we have all these things like, I know what's going to happen. Also, to there's, this a, there's a silver lining to all of this too. 
like for those people who are just like, oh, this isn't how George R. R. Martin would have wanted it. Actually, kind of is because he was a, a consultant on this. He was with him all the way on the writing process. Oh, he was instrumental to that. Absolutely. Yeah. But also, there are supposed to be two more books that come out. Now, I'm on the belief that these books ain't ever coming out, but but there are two <laughs> more books to this. this. There still is another ending to this series. And it may not be yeah. what the show, it may not match the show at all. You know, again. From what I understand, it's two tellings of the same yeah. story. So HBO is one telling and the books are a different telling. They end up in the same place, but it's two very different tellings. Which of the same may story. give you guys some, some closure on a different way. You guys may get something else because, you know. These histories get told in different ways. I love that Sam put down the book, A Song of Ice and Fire, and basically just looked at the camera and winked and walked away. <laughs> that was kind of cool. I called that, too. I said, Sam is going to present a book, and it's going to be called A Song of Ice and Fire, and that's how the series is going to go off. I I said that a couple years ago. That's amazing. I was, I was like, yeah. I'm so glad I got that. I think that's what made me happiest that I got that satisfaction from that. That was your Avengers Assemble moment? Right. That was my moment. That was my <laughs> Captain America picking up the hammer. That was my Black okay. Panther walking out like Prince <laughs> out, of a, out of a portal. You're such a dork. I am. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed our conversation tonight. Thank you so much for being on. And this is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com? There you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you so much, Erin, for joining us on our show. Thank you to our listeners for coming on this episode. My name is Monica, and we will see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com, your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.